Good morning, boys and girls. So the last we heard, Flan and the King of Ireland's son met up with the King of Ireland's son's two stepbrothers. And together, all three of them went to the Red Castle to meet the king. They did not yet get to meet the king, however, but instead they met his daughter, whom we all know that Flan is pretty smitten with. Princess Flame of Wine. Our last chapter was not too long, but we did see that poor little Flan was kind of overlooked by the King of Ireland's son and his two brothers. And he did not get to say hello to the princess. So, boys and girls, we'll see if he gets the opportunity to in our very next chapter. The four youths left the castle, and Dowell and Dermot took their own way when they came to the footbridge that went across the river. Then, when they were crossing it, the king's son in Flan saw two figures, a middle-aged, sturdy man and an old, broken-looking woman, meet before the bull's field. It is the Gobon Saor, said the king's son. It is the Spay woman, said Flan. They went to them, each wishing to greet his friend and old helper. There they saw a sturdy middle-aged man and a broken-looking old woman. But the woman looking on the man saw one who had full wisdom to plan and full strength to build, whose wisdom and whose strength could neither grow nor diminish. And the man looking on the woman saw one whose brow had all quiet, whose heart had all benignity. Hail, Gobon Builder, for the gods, said the woman. Hail, Grania, Oi, Reconciler, for the gods, said the man. Then the two youths came swiftly up to them, and the king's son greeted the middle-aged man, and Flan kissed the hands of the old woman. What of your search, king's son, said the Gobon Sayor. I have found the unique tale, but not what went before, nor what comes after it, said the king's son. I will clear the sword of light of its stain when you bring me the whole of the unique tale, said Goban Sayor. I will search the whole world for it, said the king's son. But now the time is becoming short for me. Be quick and active, said Goban Sayor. I have set up my forge outside the town between two high stones. When you bring the whole of the tale to me, I shall clear your sword. Will you not tell him, Gobon Sayor, said the spay woman, where he may find the one who will tell him the rest of the story? If he sees one he knows in this town, said Gobon Sayor, let him mount a horse he has mounted before and pursue the one and force him to tell what went before and what comes after the unique tale. Saying this, the Goban Sayor turned away and walked along the road that went out of town. The spay woman had brought besoms to the town to sell, and she showed the two youths the little house she lived in while she was there. It was filled with heather stalks, which she bound together for besoms. They left the spay woman and went through the town. 
the king of Ireland's son searching every place for a man he knew or a horse he had mounted before. When Flan thought about the princess Flame of Wine, and how little she considered him beside the king's son and Dermot and Downhill. They came to where a crowd was standing before a conjurer's booth. They halted and stood waiting for the conjurer to appear. He came out and put a ladder standing upright with nothing to lean on against, and he began climbing up. Up, up, up he went, and the ladder grew higher and higher as he climbed, standing still in midair. Flan thought he would climb straight up into the sky. But then the ladder got smaller and smaller, and Flan saw the conjurer coming down on the other side. He has come here to take that horse, said a voice behind the King of Ireland's son. The King's son looked round, and on the outskirts of the crowd, he saw a man with a hare-skin cap and a protruding eye who was holding a reddish horse while he watched the conjurer. The king of Ireland's son knew the horse. It was the slight red steed that had carried him and Fidelma from the enchanter's house and had brought him to the cave where he had found the sword of light. He looked at the conjurer again, and he saw he was no other than the enchanter of the black back lands. Then it crossed his mind what the Goban Sayor had said to him. He had seen a man he knew and a horse he had mounted before. He was to mount that horse, follow the man, and force him to tell the rest of the unique tale. The king's son drew back to the outskirts of the crowd. He snatched the bridle from the hands of Moog, the man who held it, and jumped upon the back of the slight red steed. As soon as he did this, the ladder that was standing upright fell to the ground. The people shouted and broke away, and then the king's son saw the enchanter jump across a house and make for the gate of town. But if he could jump across a house, so could the slight red steed. The king's son turned its head, plucked at its rein, and over the same house it sprang to. The more he ran, the more swift the enchanter became. He jumped over the gate of the town, the slight red steed after him. He went swiftly across the country, making high springs over ditches and hedges. No other steed but the slight red steed could have kept its rider in sight of him. Uphill and down dale the enchanter went, but, mounted on the slight red steed, the king of Ireland's son was in hot pursuit. The enchanter raced up the side of the seventh hill, and when the king's son came to the top of it, he found no one in sight. He raced on, however, and he passed a bird lying dead in the middle of the road. He raced on and on, but still the enchanter was not to be seen. Then the thought came into his mind that the bird that was dead in the middle of the road could possibly have been the crafty old enchanter. He turned the slight red steed round and raced back. The bird was no longer there. The king's son turned his horse among the trees and began to search for the enchanter. He found no trace of him. I have lost again, he said, and he threw the bridle on the neck of the horse and said, Go your own way now, my slight red steed. When he said that, the slight red sweet steed twitched its ears and galloped towards the west. It went through woods and across streams, and when the crows were flying home and the kites were flying abroad, it brought the king's son to a stone house, standing in the middle of a bog. 
It may be the enchanter is in this house, thought the king's son to himself. He jumped off the slight red steed, pushed the door of the house open, and there, seated on a chair in the middle of the floor with a woman sitting beside him, was the enchanter of the black back lands. So, said the enchanter, my slight red steed has brought you to me. So, said the king of Ireland's son, I have found you, my crafty old enchanter. And now that you have found me, what do you want of me? The enchanter asked. Your head, said the king's son, drawing the tarnished sword of light. Will nothing less than my head content you, said the enchanter. Nothing less, unless it be what went before and what comes after the unique tale. Ah, the unique tale, said the enchanter. I will tell you what I know of it. And thereupon he began. <laughs>